Welcome to College Soccer Nation, the premier podcast focused on NCAA collegiate soccer, featuring SMU head women's coach Chris Petroselli and Old Miss head women's coach Mad Mod. You can download and listen to this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And if you like what you hear, leave a five-star review and tell your soccer friends. Now let's go to Coach Petroselli and Coach Mod. November 29th, 2021, College Soccer Nation is on your earphones, your phone, your car, your however you listen to your um, podcast. We are here to entertain today. Chris Petroselli from SMU is with me. Brian Lee will join us. We are going to go episode three of Bracket Breakdown on our NCAA tournament. If you're here to listen to a normal college soccer podcast with all the nonsense you might want to log off or maybe you want to listen. I don't know, but we're going to talk about NCAA tournament women's soccer. Um, some really exciting matches. Chris, tell us. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> and that was a uh, complicated <laughs> opening. <laughs> I was rolling, dog. I was rolling. Yeah, no, that, that was one where uh, you obviously had no idea what you were going to say and you just started rambling. <laughs> I, I'm coming off though my favorite holiday of the year. Yeah, Thanksgiving, yeah. right? Yeah. Favorite holiday. It's better than Christmas. You know why, Chris? Why There's that? no expectation in Thanksgiving, really, is there? Just no. going sit, hanging around, having a good meal. You know, Christmas. There's all kinds of yeah. stuff going on, and all the other ones. There's expectation. Thanksgiving, no expectation. Just go have a nice meal. I saw I a, like nice a nice picture meal. of you of you taking a nice nap. Must have been after the turkey. <laughs> Yeah. Turkey did not me out. Turkey little honey baked ham. It's good. It's good, good meal. Um, all right, so lots to get to. We have uh big time games, big time results, great games on the weekend. Let's bring uh let's bring Brian in. Brian uh, Lee, our big deal from Rice University. Brian, you there with us? Oh, I am. And I'd like to echo Chris's comments on that introduction. <laughs> to follow. Oh, uh, it just, I just, it just comes to me naturally, Brian, just naturally, just kind of clearly it doesn't clearly. It does <laughs> oh, yeah. I think Natural was, wasn't what it was sounding like to me. It was entertaining. I was grasping at grasping at straws there. All right. So Chris, give us what we're going to do today on the show. Well, first we're going to talk about the four games that were played. Um, uh-huh. All competitive, uh, good matches uh, for sure. And then we're going to uh, do a little bit of a comparison of uh, the four teams that have made it to the College Cup. Then we'll discuss the two matchups, the semifinal matchups. And in the end, we'll give our, how does that go? Certain to be wrong picks, right? Let, I like how my lead pipe, lead pipe locks are going to be mine. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what we'll do is we'll go in sequential order of when the games were played. How about that? Okay. Good with that. All right. So uh, first game up was, I think, a thrilling game. Uh, Very exciting. Florida State prevails in overtime 1-0 over the Michigan Wolverines. Who's up? Brian, go ahead. Well, I I think this. So my takeaway on it was the prevailing thought is, oh, this was a great game. 1-0. I think it was 99th minute winner. Um, but the, not really. So Florida state scored an offside goal in the first 10 minutes. Right. And yeah. offside a clear goal in the 17th, 18th minute, how VAR they had bar and reviewed it. And it's so clearly in it's in by like a yard or two. And then in the 74th minute, they had a penalty save. And I thought Michigan had one really good chance, kind of bad angle, breakthrough a little bit in the box, maybe decent save. But if any of those go in, the whole narrative of that game is very different. That that that's my takeaway on it. Maybe it finished two three now. But uh, full credit, I think Michigan's excellent. Jen Klein's done a great job. Future's very bright. But I don't think that was as good a game as it ended up being for some. Kind of off reasons. How many times you're going to miss the penalty, the no goal on the ball over the 
fine, the questionable offsides call, and that, that game takes a total different turn. Yeah, Florida uh, State was better um, for sure, but Michigan did, did quite well. And uh, I was impressed actually with the goal. You know, the goal that was scored, the ball is served back post almost almost on the end line. And I believe it's Gabby Carl who gets on the back side of it. It is. And and the ball she puts back across, I don't know if she was trying to shoot it or it spun kind of crazy around the goalkeeper, but it took a funny bounce. But again, I, I've talked about this before, Florida State's ability to pass the ball in the penalty area. They do it better than anybody else. And she put a you know the perfect ball across for a tap-in. Um, in a, in a moment when there's a lot of pressure, for sure. Uh, so I, I was impressed by by the quality of the goal uh, to win it because it looks so easy, the finish. But what a great ball by by Carl to make it so easy. Well, the, uh, the ball from two of them. It wasn't just is it Olsen who finishes it? Olsen I mean, finished it. Yeah, five yards behind her. The the deep ball gets played across, and the Michigan defenders. All kind of see it as, hey, maybe whatever she does with that. And while the two F- two FSU kids are so used to that last ball being played rather than just blasted on frame or hitting hope, they're both shifting into the six. Yeah. And, you know, they're kind of alone, both of them. Wide open. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't wholeheartedly agree with Brian's synopsis on a couple of points. Number one. Um, Here we the go. ball, the ball oh, yeah. that the ball is that a Michigan sweatshirt? <laughs> in blue. It, uh, the VAR call was not a yard in it. Was, I agree. I think it was in hundred percent. You asked me, I watched it, watch it, watch it. It was in, it was in by an inch if it was in, but it wasn't in by yard. Let's keep it real. <laughs> so you maybe are exaggerating a smidge. Matt, okay? Matt the I, referees, you might get that ref next year. The, the, the chance they're listening to this podcast is you try and grease them. A little bit. No, I'm, I'm, I'm being dead serious. Now, I, what's your I job agree. at the Final Four, by the way? What is your job going to be? Referees. Referees. Hold on. I also would say to you, if you're going to knock off Florida State at Florida State, that's the game that has to happen for you, right? You have that's to true. miss the penalty. You have to have one called offside. You have to have a VAR help. And even all of that, they weren't. But I, I'll say this, and I have no problem saying this. Of the eight teams I watched, Florida State was one and Michigan was two. And I'm not saying that because I've had Michigan's horn the whole time. I thought Michigan was very good in the game, better than – no offense, Chris – better than anybody else I've seen play play Florida State. Really, this season, I know they lost to Duke um, and, and tied Virginia whatever, but I thought Michigan was up for the fight. I don't I, – who was the last per team to beat – uh, Florida State at Florida State, right? It hasn't happened forever. I mean, as UCLA did it maybe years ago. But but I thought Michigan really held their own, and I thought it was an impressive battle. And I would say to you, and I have no problem saying this, if they were in any of the other semis there's a, or quarters, there's a chance that they're, they're in Santa Clara as well because I think they would have had a chance in, in the other three games. Um, but I think Florida State, you know, the one thing we can talk about when we get to Rutgers, Florida State – very rarely wastes shots or shoots from bad angles or, you know, they always play the extra pass. So yeah. like you're saying, I totally agree. Like their quality in and around the box. When we talk about Rutgers, it's a big difference. Um, the amount of chances that Rutgers created and, and really took poor, poor attempts. But anyway, uh, congratulations to Florida state. We will see them out in Santa Clara. They are moving on to, um, to the, the final four college cup. Uh, and let's move on to the next game. Are you oh, done? No, let, you know, let, go ahead, no, let's have one more little comment on this. Yeah. I totally agree with it for the flow of the game. What I'm saying is that flow of the game totally changes. If all of a sudden Michigan's chasing down one nil, two nil, the whole game dynamic changes. Not that Michigan wasn't good enough for it. And for me, I would put them, I'd go Florida state, really Duke number two, Santa Clara three and Michigan four coming out of those games. Probably. Um, yeah, it's probably it's probably a shame that they were they were that was a quarter because that could have been a that could have been a could have been a, a final, final four game. Sure. Yeah, it could. Yeah. But I think you could make some arguments for the other guys that were in this. Most of the other guys that were in this too. All right, uh, let's move on. Duke Santa Clara, uh, uh, you know Santa Clara goes up 2-0 in the first half. 
Duke gets one back late. But Santa Clara is back at home, playing at home um, in the in the Final Four again. You know, them and Florida State are the two repeat teams out of the spring to make it back. I think when early on in the season, we didn't even know if Santa Clara was going to make the NCAA tournament, certainly let alone get the Final Four. They're not seated. And here they are again, uh, headed home to, to play to play um, in the in the College Cup. Chris, why don't you start? Um, I thought a real <laughs> professional performance by Santa Clara. Um, they got the two goals, uh, and they're capable of scoring. We know that, and you know Turnbow's as good as anybody up front. And um, they got the two goals. They came out in the second half, and they said, you know, we're going to defend. We're going to sit in here. And there ain't no way you're scoring three against us, right? And and Duke did get one, and Duke had the ball, and Duke had chances, all that kind of stuff. But I just think, you know, they, they were very well organized, like usual, very well coached, well drilled at what they were doing. And uh, Duke really had a, a rough time, you know, breaking them down and, and, and getting the clear-cut chance. Um, and they certainly weren't going to get the three that they needed to, you know, to win the game. So – I thought uh, just a real professional performance from Santa Clara. Santa Clara's been really interesting on a couple fronts. They could have gone out in the first round to Stanford. Pretty good game. Uh, Great game with Georgetown. Georgetown stood up to them probably even better than I thought they would have coming in. Had to beat Wisconsin. Played the last 30 minutes with 10 men or 10 women. And then came into this game down that red carded kid. I think they lost another starter in that Wisconsin game. They had a kid out with a concussion. And for the great majority of that game, Duke looked like the better team. And it was two nil even then. And, you know, talk about professional performances. It's kind of one right after another where last year, as the tournament went on, you could really see, wait a second, Santa Clara might be the, might make the final might make the final four might be the best team in the tournament as we're going through this time it looks a little more like these are really professional mature performances to get results rather than a team peaking does that make sense totally it does i I think that um it's a great point i mean they're battle tested right they're battle tested i agree that georgetown game was a great game um and not not to be outdone by uh, probably um the duke game and and what they had to face at wisconsin i mean that went they tied it up one, one, and then had to win it down a player. So great. I thought that's a, you know what, Brian, I agree with you. I think that is really well said and I have nothing else to add. The good. We want to move to the next thing one? to add is Duke yeah. isn't going away. Yeah. They're recruiting. Oh, yeah. And you know, they don't lose that much um, moving forward and they got another loaded recruiting class coming in. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, halfway through that game, it started the uh, the uh, battle in the north uh, with uh, with uh, Rutgers and Arkansas uh, tying two two and and um, and Rutgers advancing on penalties. Here, here's here's what I I think about this one, and um, I, I just think that the Arkansas way of playing at some point. At some point, it just can't sustain itself. And as you start to get further, further, further and further in the tournament, and the teams are better and better, and um, you play a team that can pass the ball and keep the ball some, um, you don't get a lot of throw-ins. You don't get a lot of corners. Uh, And if the opponent is smart, you don't get a lot of free kicks. And that's what I saw happen to Arkansas. Like, they just didn't have the opportunities because they didn't have the ball in the other end. Um, they weren't getting the throw-ins. They weren't getting the corners. And, you know, those, those pieces are, that's a huge part of their arsenal. Uh, and without those, um, you know, Rutgers was, was, I thought the better team, you know, certainly with the better chances and um, you know, a couple of real, clear-cut chances that they missed, uh, I, I think, in overtime. Uh, but for me, I, I thought Rutgers deserved to win the game. That's a wonderful sol- soliloquy, Chris, but nine corners, a lot of corners. 
Is that the what nine corners, the nine corners of the game. So I don't know if I agree with that. Well, uh, well, of your, I would, uh, I would analysis. ask you this. I'd like yeah. to, I'd like to look at how those corners bro- broke out because in the second half and overtime, I don't think they had very many. Yeah, no, it was certainly early. It was certainly early. I think uh, Kobe Hale is the Frank Sinatra of college soccer. He did it his way, right? The My Way by Frank Sinatra. Uh, You like that? Uh, But no, I I think that Arkansas went into the game and Arkansas said, we're going to be who we are. And if you beat us, fair enough. And I think that um, athletically, it was really, really close. I thought that Rutgers had more dangerous players up front. And I thought that was an issue. Um, But I really felt watching the game at any point, Either team could score. Oh, I thought when when Arkansas had the ball, of course, Mr. S. When Arkansas had the ball in their box, they were dangerous every time. And when Rutgers was in their end, there there was fifty six shots in the game, Chris. Thirty for there were thirty yeah. for uh, Rutgers and, and twenty six for Arkansas. So I think it was um, a really fun game to watch, quite honestly, because you're kind of holding your breath of who's going to score the third one. But I I think as the game wore on. Uh, Rutgers kind of cream came to the top, I guess I'd say, and and they had better chances for sure. I think in the first half, Arkansas came out, scored two goals, took the lead. I think that goal before half was incredibly important to Rutgers to get it tied into halftime. And then I thought it was a, just a battle in the second half. And towards the end, I thought Rock, Rutgers um, had better chances. But I felt like any time Arkansas had the ball in their end, they had a chance to score. So – Probably two two is is fairish, and then and then uh, I'd say Rutgers penalties again very impressive to go back to back games and penalties and to have them look that good. And how about the goalkeeper shoots third, which I think is a strange time for a goalkeeper shirt. Takes the gloves off, puts the gloves yeah. on, yeah. a little ice in. Like I, I like it, I like it. I gotta tell you, it's impressive. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, f- fair. I think fair that on the night Rutgers uh, was a little bit better. I, I think a big factor in that game is watching the going in. I didn't know what, you know, yeah. we've seen a lot more of late in the season. We know the names, seeing those kids play as youth players and knew they were really good, but didn't know how it would come off um, without seeing a ton of them. And they were the perfect elixir for Arkansas. What, what Colby doesn't want to see is a team that can break his defensive pressure and get out in transition and be athletic and intelligent about how they play. And between that Ali kid, Tagliaferro, and Tiernan, they're just too good on the break for Arkansas movement-wise and athletically. And when they broke Arkansas's pressure um, and got out against them, I mean, I really thought they could have scored four or five, six going the other direction. And even, you know, Rutgers got some good players. When the center back would pick up the ball, combine out, get out into space. That's when you really get Arkansas in trouble because they, yeah. they got no idea what to do with an overlapping center back. And and they were really creating great chances. And it turned into this unbelievably entertaining game to me. And the 56 shots, that was no joke. Usually when you see those shots, you're playing, no offense, Matt, an SEC team on the road who has got their stack keeper in the books. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it was 35 shots to why, 10. Why is it just SEC? Why is and it then, just SEC? Because that's the only place it happens. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. And then you get the data analytics report back, and it was 10 shots to nine. But yeah. Yeah. this one was real. I, it's a legit. It wasn't 30-26, but it was like 28-26 in shots. It's an unbelievably entertaining game. And where I think people go wrong on Arkansas is if, you know, stylistically people beat on them. It's super entertaining to me stylistically because it goes both directions. They're throwing great numbers in the box. They're doing their thing. But if you can play on the break against them, it makes for really entertaining soccer going the other direction as well. But if you're not athletic enough and you're not good enough in your movement, then they're just going to stuff you. Um, So I was really impressed with Rutgers and gives me hope for Rutgers against FSU on the break. Because they do sit in pretty well, and those kids are nasty going forward. What well, did you hit us with elixir? What what the heck? What does that elixir. mean? Elixir, 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 even better. What what does that mean? I, I might I didn't plan it beforehand like you and your Frank. <laughs> Very good, but so I have to Google it up. You know, it's the thing that uh, throws them off. That's, That's right. Beat uh, Arkansas. It's the elixir. See whatever it's the the cure. It's, it's like you made up yeah. the word. 
Um, all right. <laughs> the, the, the last one, probably the one that was most clear to the uh, to the folks of, of how it would probably go, and it and it really did was um, BYU in a packed house and a altitude and craziness that just ran right over South Carolina. 4-1 to BYU to head to their first ever Final Four, which is pretty exciting, right? Yeah, pretty exciting. Like I think game. it's Rutgers' second one. Is it second Rutgers' one second one? Yeah. So yeah. it's not much exciting. of a game that. Yeah, not much. No, of a game no, no. I mean, it was, as we as we said before, you know, a very hard place to play, right? And um, add into it, BYU can score goals. Uh, they're the best goal scoring team in the country that that I can see, and. Um, you know, it really wasn't much of a game. BYU ran them over. Well, how many teams in the country could have gone into BYU going for their first Final Four, playing the Elite Eight game at home there? I mean, this side of FSU, who doesn't get pummeled the first 20 minutes in that game? Yeah. In, in the country. Oh, man, that was a tough draw. And it went just the the way you'd think an unbelievable season for South Carolina, specifically unbelievable tournament run. Thought it was awesome. Yeah, yeah I think uh, Coolahan is is really an impressive player and has shown that here certainly in the uh, in the tournament. And then I think her her running made up front, and those guys are really super dangerous together. And it's going to be uh, I think that's a great game. And we'll talk about that in a minute. All right, so good enough on those four, Chris. Let's talk. Yeah. Um, kind of your stat pack that you put together for us. All right. So first let's look at uh, goals for goals against goal difference. Florida state scored 65 goals this year, gave up 13 plus 52 South um, Santa Clara. They scored 40, gave up 23 for a plus 17 BYU scored 77, gave up 13 plus 64. Rutgers scored 64, gave up 16 for a plus 48. What stands out to me there? Two things stand out to me there. BYU scored 77, right? <laughs> and Santa Clara only on a plus 17. You know, that's over – I'm not sure exactly how many they played, but over 20 games, right? They're only on a plus 17. They've uh, skated by a little bit here, you know, uh, in, in some of these matches. I think the first thing you'd say is what's really interesting is that Santa Clara and BYU playing the same league. Yeah. Right. So they played the same teams and there's that. And, and they both played very difficult non-conference as I remember. I mean, obviously BYU came across country a couple of times. Santa Clara went and played, um, you know, good games as well. I think the other thing to me is, I mean, Florida state plays in the ACC, right. And they have that kind of goal differential is, is impressive. It's more impressive the Florida State 65, is that what you said, Chris? Florida, Florida State 65, yeah. 65 is more impressive to me than the BYU 77 because Florida State plays in the ACC. Um, and Rutgers, too, though. Rutgers 60-whatever in the Big Ten. Now, I will say, when you look at – and, and we'll, we'll go for it just a little bit, but Rutgers' uh, non-conference schedule does not match up with, with – The other uh, three? Certainly with BYU and Santa Clara that had the best. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Interesting, though. I, well, I think those two have to have the best because they have a weaker yeah. leak, right, yeah. than, than Florida State. That's right. Uh, Brian? I, that's a, that is just a lot of goals for BYU. It's, <laughs> it, in, in the age of parity, those numbers are a little bit surprising that the gap is so big for all four of the teams. Yeah. And it's one of the things, when you talk goal differential, if you look at – if you watch the EPL – Really, that's the definitive. When the year ends most years, it's as good or better than standings. Uh, and it certainly lines up with the best teams, uh, goal differential. So that's it. That the Santa Clara, BYU almost doubled them up in goal scored. Is that what you just said? Yeah. Santa Clara 40, BYU 77. That, wow. That's incredible given those two schedules. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and, and while we're on it, just to give some credit to the individuals, Florida State Olsen with 14, Robbins with six, uh, Zhao with five, uh, Santa Clara Turbo 11, D'Aquila eight, and Lucy Mitchell. Remember Lucy Mitchell mm-hmm. from uh, Region 3 days? She scored four. Yeah. She's the third leading scorer. Uh, I think she transferred from Notre Dame. 
Um, BYU, as you think, they got some numbers here. Polahan with 18, Tucker with 16, Felino with seven, Rutgers, Tagliaferri, 13, Ali, 12, and Tiernan, who I was really impressed with, with eight. So good seasons for, for that group. You know, it's interesting, uh, Tucker, Tucker, right? The BYU is the other one. She doesn't get near as much credit as she deserves. She's really good. Yeah. She is fast and dangerous and good off the dribble. And I think when you look back at some of those early games that BYU um, struggled in, she wasn't playing. And then they put the two of a two-headed monster there. They're, they're, they're pretty, pretty dangerous group there. For sure. Um, okay. A couple other things that are a little subjective from – for me, but I thought we might be able to draw some conclusions from uh, verse teams that I thought were legitimate top 15 teams. Okay. Not anybody's ranking or anything like that, but just teams I looked at and I said, yeah, that, that, that would be it. Uh, Florida State had eight of them. They were five, one, and two. Santa Clara, eight of them, five and three. BYU, seven, four and three. And Rutgers, six, two, two, and two. Uh, clearly FSU, you know, won the games, um, you know, those numbers tell you that, um, significant results. So significant results for me were against, you know, real quality teams or losses, because I think if you're at this point, any loss during the season was probably a significant loss. Um, so I looked at five significant results, two, one, and two for FSU, two, two, and one for Santa Clara, one and four for BYU, uh, Rutgers, two, one, and two. And let me just, um, let me just read you some of these results. I, I won't spend too much of them, but, you know, we know Florida State and Michigan, Florida State beat Virginia, tied Virginia, um, the loss to Duke, the tie with UNC. Santa Clara beat Duke 2-1, to one, beat BYU. Obviously, that's a significant result, 1-0. Um, but here's the uh, – they lost to Virginia 1-0. They also lost to Portland 2-0 and tied Seattle 1-1. BYU beat Virginia. Um, lost to Santa Clara like we talked about. Lost to Arkansas, lost to Auburn. And also – a tie with Utah and a loss to Utah State. Uh, Rutgers tie with Arkansas, tie with TCU. Let's not forget that those those two games are ties. They weren't wins. Mm -hmm. They have a loss to Michigan, 1-0, and a win against Michigan, 4-1. Uh, they have a loss to Georgetown, a win against Penn State. Uh, so as I looked at that, again, Florida State jumps out to me as being consistent meaning they win all the time and everybody else has wobbled some along the way. And, and, and the BYU part is interesting, right? I mean, lost to Utah, uh, lost to Utah state tied with Utah. A um, little bit, uh, I would say a little bit concerning for a team that's looking at, you know, maybe being a national champion. I think the test for BYU, they're the most interesting of the four teams going in to the final four for me, because have they sorted out their defensive issues? Those early season losses, they weren't just okay or working through some things. They're pretty bad defensively. Um, and they, you know, early season, we're sitting around saying, Oh, look at these losses tracking up for BYU. Will they make the tournament? And here they are in the final four. And I think they've cleaned up their defensive issues in a big, big way. It seems late in the season. But we'll, we'll find out this weekend. I don't, I don't want to get too much into my Dr. Ma um, psychology of the teams, but you you tell me, Chris, you, you lived it much more than I have. Um, is, there a, is there a national championship hangover for Santa Clara during the regular season, right? So you got these guys that are coming back. They just won the national championship just, you know, not a year ago, a few months ago, right? And now they got to get back to it. They got to get back playing. And now we stumble. And when we, we stumble at Portland and we stumble at Seattle and it's kind of shacking back in, but now, okay, now we've made the tournament. 
now it's time, right? And now they uh-huh. look like they're really rolling into form. And maybe some of that early season was uh, just didn't show up, just didn't care, whatever. And it, it, the parody, it just it just caught them, like yeah, because they're they're absolutely rolling right now. Yeah, I don't know. I I would agree with that. Although I, I I don't know. I don't feel that this Santa Clara team is as good as 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 the last Santa Clara team. Um, but I do that that kind of feeds into to uh, this thought that I had about this this group. Um, you got two teams in Santa Clara and Florida State. Uh, Florida State absolutely determined to win a national championship because they lost in the final last year. And that is devastating. And all year long, you think about that loss and you're saying, you know, we're going to win this time. We're going to win this time. We got to, we're going to win this time. So, you know, at the beginning of the year, Florida State said our goal here is to win a national championship. Santa Clara coming off the national championship and being a, a team that, um, has great history uh, and that sort of thing going into the season going, Hey, we got a chance to win a national championship. Our goal is going to be to win a national championship. The other two for me are just happy to be there. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, they, they, I don't know that either one of those guys went into the season thinking, Hey, we're going to, we're going to win a national championship. Um, they, maybe they did. May, and maybe they did, but I think for the most part, you know, BYU and, and Rutgers are happy to be at, to be at the final four. Santa Clara and Florida State are determined to win a championship. And it, it it's going to be interesting because the other psychological, and we do have Dr. Mott with us. Yes. And it'd be interesting to hear his feedback on this. The other psychological piece is BYU's happy to be there is a little bit mitigated by, wait a second, we're playing Santa Clara? Yeah. Yeah, unbelievably yeah. familiar with and uh-huh. probably our greatest rival year to year. So there's a possibility it mitigates a little bit of the happy to be here when it's just this is our big rival. I don't know what kind of rivalry it, it is, but maybe it's let's go kick their butt and right. get ourselves to the final more than get ourselves to the final other than beating Santa Clara. Santa Clara, yeah. Who well, beat and, them in the regular season as well. Santa right. Clara won the regular season game. You know, we, so you got that little hanging over, but that the, from a psychological and approach perspective, that matchup in itself is is fascinating to me for a team that got to their first Final Four. Well, and yeah, I totally agree. And the one thing is they'll be comfortable too. I mean, they've played there how many times? They play there every other year, right? So it's right. not like you're going into a brand new environment. Uh, I bet there's going to be more people there than are typically there when they play. But um, I mean, what a, what a what a matchup that is. All right. Do we want any, you have any more stats, Chris? Or do we want to get oh, to the matchup. Right, we're on yeah, the matchups. We started. And, and, the, yeah. With, let me uh, just say this college yeah. soccer nation does really appreciate Chris, your research and your <laughs> approach and your time that you spend on preparing these podcasts. So our listeners have some really, really good info to sink their teeth into. So we appreciate that. All right. Well, let's start with the first one, right? The first one of the night is um, Florida state versus Rutgers in a one versus one matchup, both teams were one seats. Um, Chris, go for it. What do you think? Well, it's going to be, you know, we know Florida State's going to have the ball. Um, Florida State can't afford to give the ball away cheaply because if they do, uh, Rutgers on the counter, Rutgers with the quality going forward, um, Rutgers could – could certainly sneak a goal or two um, and, and make this interesting. Um, but again, I think Florida state will have the ball most of the game. I think Florida state will have 70% of the possession. I think Florida state will have um, the better of the chances. Um, <coughs> again, Florida state's so interesting to me because I mean, even at Olsen at, at 14 goals, when you go and prepare for, for Florida state, you're not totally game planning around Olsen. And, and I'm not saying the kid, she's a good player, but she doesn't, she's not great at making her own goal, but they put her in positions where she can finish. And that's where the goals come from. Um, so they don't have that sort of that one player, you know, in the attack that you're, you know, like Turnbo kind of thing um, that you're really game planning for. They just have so many good players, you know, everybody's good. And I really think the biggest thing about Florida State 
the defending is really good. I don't think it gets enough enough credit. Their defending is outstanding, and that you know that back group is hard to beat. So I think it's be hard for for Rutgers to break them down. But the big key will be is Florida is Florida State clean in their possession? Is Rutgers okay? So you were faced with this this year. Does I, I and I do think Rutgers is one of those teams that is better without the ball, so they can get you on the break. How deep do they sit? And number one, can – that's number one question. My second question, my follow-up question is, can Florida State force those forwards to defend? Because I do think they like to sit up nice and high and, and or even come back and get the ball and be able to break out. But I don't think they have to spend a lot of time defending. So can Florida State force those guys to defend? I think that's the, that's a big, the big piece of it, right? I mean, if, if, Florida can stay, if Florida State can make those guys run all over the place and defend, they're in trouble. So how how deep will they sit, Chris? How deep will that restraining they'll line be? They'll, they'll sit deep. They'll sit close to midfield. I I think. I mean, I knowing knowing Mike from you know, I coached Mike at at one time, and um, knowing and he's a defender at you know at heart. Like, I think the defending piece is probably a lot more important to him. So I think that they'll do everything they can and not give up a goal. Was he a good defender? He was a very good defender, a center back. It looks like it. It looks like he looks like he. Head, head, he would headbutt you in a second. Yeah. All right. Uh, um, Brian, takeaways? Well, I mean, I think it, clearly Rutgers is comfortable sitting in, you know, stylistically. Whenever when you watch them during the year and they get up a goal, they're pretty early to call it a day and just try and play on the break, maybe get you on the counter. Um, and they're very good defending with numbers, but I don't know if their individual defending is going to be up to the task. And Florida State's able to open you up like nobody else in the country because there is no I mean if you're scouting Florida State obviously if 10 of those kids played for a different team in the country they'd be at the top of the scouting report but there's nowhere where you go where we're going to force them out the left you Mm -hmm. know or you know we're going to focus on one individual player so even in sitting in I, I think lesser teams have been able to break down Rutgers when they're sitting in, but the first goal is going to be huge, you know, just like it is in, in the majority of these games. If, if Rutgers can happen to get ahead and, and would find himself up one nil with 30 minutes left, that's a, that's a tough team to break down. Um, so stylistically, you'd like to say Rutgers could catch them on the break, but by the same token in the tournament, they've beaten Bucknell and St. Louis and they've drawn the other two games. Yeah. Um, you know, so obviously if they can get it to penalties, they would love that. FSU wants none of that after last year's final and right. Rutgers in these first two rounds, they they have taken their penalties have been fantastic. And the goalkeepers been one of the stars of the tournament so far. Um, but I, I, I don't like Rutgers chances in this one. I do agree. They're happy to be here. Um, and FSU is on a mission. Well, I think one another one of the big questions is, is Talifera hurt, right? She didn't come back in, I don't think. Um, you know, it's hard to tell with the, the television coverage, minutes. but 68 minutes, yeah. So something's up, right? right? Something's up with her. If she's hurt, that's a big, big problem for them because I do think I, – I personally don't think Rutgers is – I think their front group is exceptional. I don't think they're as strong in the back. Um, and I think that Florida State attack is really, really dangerous if you're not super organized to defend it, and I'm not convinced. I think they're very good in team defending, 11, 11 players sitting behind the ball and being difficult, but if you can open up and get that back line, I do think there's some issues for, for Rutgers. So, um, yeah, I, I lean towards Florida State as well. I, I do think that, um, you know, Florida State is absolutely coming in on mission. I think it's well said. All right. I think the 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 more – exciting game i think i would call it in the in the in the thing is the nightcap where the byu cougars take on the santa clara broncos um in a derby in a i don't mean, know i don't call it, i don't call it derby for a, a league game but a, you know tournament game or a conference game sorry to to get to the finals so what do we think brian you start i think it's going to be awesome it's uh, that's as interested as I've been in a final four game in a while. I'm a big fan of BYU. 
I and have been for years. Love the way they play. Love what Jen does there. Um, the kids are generally awesome kids, trying really hard, playing fairly, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I went back and watched some of their regular season game, and it was on there. I don't know how long ago it was, but clearly Santa Clara went a little bit out of their normal mojo, and they were much more direct than a typical Santa Clara uh, team is. So whatever the reason and the tactical idea Jerry had there, it worked for the game. They won 1-0. It wasn't an up-and-back game that you might expect, and I'd be looking forward to this weekend. You know, you look at this game and you say, oh, let's go, 4-3, Turnbow going one way on in BYU flying numbers forward. But that regular season game was pretty stale. You know, there weren't many shots, weren't many chances in the game, but it was another, you know, maybe an early inkling of this professional idea where Jerry's just got his team winning games and not necessarily peak performing, doing what they can or doing what it takes game to game. So the game for me has got, I'm excited about it. It's got a lot of hype. I, my, I hope it's a wide open attacking game that we'd all like to see, but I think there's a chance Santa Clara's professionalism turns this thing into another nail biting, nil, nil, one nil type game. Yeah, I see so that, first Brian. of all, Chris, hold on, let me say this something real quick. First of all, College Soccer Nation appreciates you going back and watching the regular season game to prepare yourself for the podcast. We 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 go to all all links here at College Soccer Nation to to prepare. So sorry. With that being said, Chris, uh, go for it. I, I I don't see it being end to end. I just don't I don't see Jerry setting his team up that way, knowing that end to end benefits BYU in almost any game they play. Right, and so. Um, I think I see Santa Clara sitting in a little bit. I see Santa Clara trying to, to, uh, slow the game down. Um, and, and I see Santa Clara hoping it, hoping it's a one nil game, uh, where BYU was hoping it's a four, three game. Um, and I, I see it being, uh, a bit of a chess match and, and, um, maybe even a little bit of a rock fight because, uh, it may not be pretty. Um, but it will be intense, no doubt. I guarantee it. Um, Santa Clara, let's not forget Santa Clara's playing at home. Like it's a, it's a huge, huge advantage, uh, playing at home. Um, and so they, they have that. So Santa Clara will have a crowd behind them, but I got to tell you, BYU travels well, you know, anywhere they play, they have a big crowd, uh, supporting them as well. Um, I'm a little bit concerned that um, in the first game, there'll be 17 people there. And, you know, the second game, there'll be 17,000, you know? Um, you know, because I, I don't know that, that the crowd, you know, coming from the East Coast uh, is going to be traveling much out for Florida State and, and Rutgers. But I think for that second game, um, you'll have a big crowd. It will be loud. It will be intense. It will be um, hard fought. Um, but I just don't see it being an up and down kind of game. So, you, you know, it's interesting, fellas. <clears throat> when there's this, and we got to go back a number of years, I understand that. But when Manchester United plays Man City, and, and Rob says this to me all the time, and he, and he says, you know, these hardworking people pay their money to go in and see the game, and they're so excited for the game. And then both teams sit in, and nobody takes any risk. And it's a god awful boring game. I hope that's not the case. I don't think it will be, but I can. You can see Santa Clara would get, get concerned to get into a track meet. But I'll say this too: Is there again, Doctor Mott? Right, Doctor Mott's talking again. There's got to be some pressure of being at home too, Chris. Defending champs at home. So, in other words, they have all the advantages. I do think there is a huge advantage of playing in front of your home fans, but there is some pressure on those kids oh my God, yeah. to be hosting it and playing your, it's gotta be the rival, right? I mean, I'm sure back in the day, Portland and Santa Clara was a rival, but now it's gotta be BYU Santa Clara yeah. rivalry, right? Yeah, so Santa now you're Santa playing Clara Stanford as well, but you yeah, know, you're sure. right about the pressure. You know, think about the other thing is these poor kids, like again, that place is going to be full. Oh yeah. Well, where, where are their families getting all their tickets? Right. Those poor kids are scrambling right now oh, trying yeah. to get enough tickets for everybody. 
because you know everybody wants to go right that's right this is another another piece of it that puts a little bit more stress on those players yeah i I do think it's as as much as there's an advantage um i do think that there is some pressure there that that maybe we're not thinking about for those and not to mention trying to repeat right what what is uh what did uh uh brian your boy uh skip bertman said uh-huh. i i wish every one of my friends to win a national championship and i wish every one of my enemies to have to try and go back to back right it is a, i mean i'm rolling with it uh, rolling matt, th- matt matt thank you for your research of college soccer nation <laughs> things have really taken an upward turn for you since the intro uh, yeah 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 <laughs> um all right so do we pick them? Let's pick them. Pick them. Ryan, game one, Rutgers versus Florida State. Who you got? Florida States. Score. Oh, I didn't. I, I knew you were going to ask that. I was hoping you didn't. Florida, <laughs> Florida State, 2 0. Chris. Florida State, 2 0. I'm going to go Florida State, 3 1. Just to be different. All right, uh, and the and the tight one, 50-50. Chris, BYU, Santa Clara. Um, really, that's a difficult one, and but I'm going to go Santa Clara 1-0. Right? I'm going to go Santa Clara in penalties. Ooh. I, I, too, am going to take Santa Clara. I'm going to go Santa Clara – Mm, two one. So we're hoping for good games. We're hoping for some good games. Um, all right. I think we do need to mention for anybody that's listening that isn't right on top of things. If it's pretty interesting, if BYU wins their game, the final will be Monday at five. Um, five out there, I believe. Five local. Uh, if uh, BYU loses, the final will be Sunday. I think at five out there. No. Five out there, maybe, Chris? I, I, I don't know the time. I, oh, let me have it right here. I, oh, thank fellas, you for the research it. for college soccer. Yes, oh, right. you I didn't do it. that. No, it's not a, I should know that. The the semis are 8.30 and 6 central time. I don't know. I'm sorry, fellas. That's on me. That's all right. I've seen right. it. But look it up, people, if you need you wanna, to. You want to pick the final game, too, since we. Oh, yeah. So we have Florida State, Santa Clara. That's right. Who's going? I get to go first. I can get him first on the other ones. All right. I'm going Florida State 3 0. All right. Oh, I'm going Florida State 2 1. I'm going to go Florida State 1 0. So we should expect a Rutgers BYU final. (laughs) I don't know. I I think it's been a hard year for everybody. I think we're going to get what we'd all like to see right now is a rematch of the spring. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Would that be? I mean, think about that. If it's the same two teams and they're clearly the best two teams, that would that would be fantastic. And can Florida State erase those memories when you know last year they were the best team, right? For the yeah. part of the year, maybe not as it came down to it. The semifinals, final Santa Clara was on great form, but can they, you know, get get over that hump against the same team? What an awesome challenge and what an awesome conclusion to the year it would be. Very well said. I would say this to the the left side of the bracket. Uh, the committee did a heck of a job. One versus two, one versus two, and then now the ones are good. The right side of the bracket, maybe not so good. <laughs> maybe not so good. With uh, what do we have? No, the the it's a four seed and an unseeded, right? Which is pretty cool. So well, it's um, like last year with Virginia. It's not the uh, committee's fault. It's Virginia's fault. Last spring, yeah. end up unseeded. How Senate Virginia are unseeded? Yeah, Virginia's fault again for not holding the one seat. The heck. Um, anyway, all right. Well, it's been a great tournament. I think it's been a fantastic tournament. It's been fun, really fun watching the games. Uh, been some, you know. I mean, we really need to have a one shining moment. Maybe we'll get our producer to put that together for us, right? The one shining moment for uh, <laughs> for uh, the final. But anyway, all right. We'll be back. Listen to what I think we should do, Chris. Depending on when the game is, is it Sunday or Monday? But we yeah. will try and effort the the champion, right? Can we maybe get whoever wins um, on the on the podcast to talk about the game? We'll try. And I'm not making any guarantees, 
but hopefully we can get a few minutes with um, with whoever wins the championship. And then I, I also want to uh, just preview Monday, December thirteenth. Yes, yes, very. We'll have Bill Beswick on, uh, the famed sports psychologist from England. He's got a new book out, uh, so we'll we'll talk to him about his book and many other things. That should be a, a, a fun. A fun episode, and it's going to be an episode that basically is just with with Bill and and us yeah. speaking with Bill. Well, he sent us his book, right? And I'm actually planning on reading it, Chris, on my flight. I'm starting it on the flight uh, on Wednesday out out to San Jose. But uh, you know, it's funny. He emailed us, you know, that he sent us the book, and I'm such a fan. Like I couldn't email him back. I didn't know what to say. I raced it five times and went back <laughs> over. I, I'm just such a huge fan of him and his work. And you know, when he's at the convention. I'm there 20, 25 minutes early to make sure I get a seat um, because his things always fill up and uh, he, he is wonderful. And, and um, again, I, I will, um, I will ask him. I mean, the only fault I see in him is that he's friends with Brent Irwin. So I, I don't understand yeah. that part, everything else. He's fantastic. Yeah. So that's Monday, December 13th. That'll yeah. be two weeks from today. Yeah. We're looking forward to that. All right. Well, good luck to the four out there. I will see them. Uh, I will see them on Wednesday and Thursday, and hopefully they're great games. Uh, either one of you guys headed to Tennessee? Nope. No. Okay. <laughs> good. All right. Well, Rice soccer staff will be there. There it is. There it is. There it is. The SMU staff will be there. Yes. Yes, yes. they will. Yes. Right. All right, guys. I think that'll do us. Uh, great episode. Good breakdown. Looking forward to the final four. We finally hit that. You know what's nice, guys? I'll just say this, and then I'll close it up. We haven't said one. We haven't said COVID one time. Thank God, we made it this far. I tell you, and we haven't said COVID one time. And to keep another streak alive, Todd Yelton's the greatest. <laughs> he snuck that in. Had to make it. Had to make it. Do we do want to mention a lot of open jobs right now? Right. A lot of open jobs. A lot, be of, a lot of movement in college soccer. A lot of movement. Maybe some we'll touch on Monday. Maybe there'll be some of them filled and we can discuss it. Okay. Good. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Darren, our producer. Uh, DJ and Productions, College Soccer Nation is out. If you have questions for Coach Petroselli or Coach Mott, you can reach them at cpetroselli at mail.smu.edu or mmott at olemiss.edu. College Soccer Nation is presented by DJM Productions and available on all your fine podcast outlets. Download it, give a review, tell a friend.